Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Today we begin a new sermon series and I am simply calling it the altar that alters. The altar that alters. We are going to have a four-week sermon series and the first week today we are going to look at what I've called the place of altering the place of altering. Next week, we look at the price of altering. The week after that, we look at the pain that is involved in the altering process. And then finally, the last week, we look at the product of altering. I pray with all of my heart that one of the things that you will get in this season is the fact that God is in the business of altering our lives. He's in the business of getting right into the very spaces of who you, who you are and altering you, but not just leaving it there, altering you for his glory. Can I hear an amen? I, if you have your Bibles, please open to the book of Psalms 138. Our sermon today will be very short. Psalms 138. And then if you can, put a finger also on Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 6. Psalms 138. And then Philippians 1, verse number 6. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For you have magnified thy word above all your name. In the day when I cried, you answered me and strengthened me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of my mouth. Yeah, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet has he respect unto the law, but the proud he knows afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You shall stretch forth thine hand and against the wrath of my enemies and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endures forever. I love this line. This is one of the lines we'll look at today. Forsake not the works of thine own hands, O Lord. Can I hear an amen? Philippians 1, chapter 6. Philippians 1, chapter 6 simply tells us, He who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. He who began a good work in you will carry it, out, will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. That is the NIV. I love the New Living Translation, what it says. It says, and I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. One of the things that I like, I like a lot is uh, looking at how things are made. You know, being a, a dude... You see, even uh, my, my brother Kagume is like, yeah, eh? as we are dudes, but we make things. 
One of the things we do very well is we can fix anything, anywhere. If in the house I see a window pane just messing around, playing about with the beauty of the home, I will go there and try and do something very quickly on it. If I have, like one of the things I have right now is these shoes of mine, kunaka kablada somewhere that is off. And very quickly I know what I need to do. I need to take it somewhere so that it's fixed. And so as a guy, that is something that comes very naturally to me. One of the things that intrigues me is something very simple. What are you talking about? The spoon. The spoon. By show of hand, what? Ama kunamtu, sound, sound guys. Eh. Who prefers a fork over a spoon? So no, no, we are not, we are not in America. This is Kenya. A spoon is used for so many things. There's somewhere I'm going. So usiniangalia zile za, yani ni mentoka nyumbani ni kuja niambia juu ya kijiko. Bear with me kidogo tu. A spoon is something that we use for almost everything that concerns the function of eating. We use it for soup. Personally, I like light soups. My wife, who's in the crowd, who's the hottest chick around, praise the Lord. See, the ladies are smiling. The guys are just like, seriously, you have to tell us that. My wife, uh, what was I even saying? My wife, because of how everything I was saying. Anyway, I'm trying to say my wife likes thick soups. Tomato soup, carrot soup. Yeah, like... Soup ile nyama. You know that you know the nyama soup ile light soups, very light. And one of the things that I like looking at is how is it manufactured? How do we get to the point where we have a spoon? Some are silver, some are shiny, some are metal. How do we get to that space? So allow me to read something for us. The life cycle of a steel spoon is very interesting. Metal is extracted from rocks called hematite and magnetite. For machine-made spoons, the basic shape is cut out from a sheet of stainless steel. The bowl is cross-rolled, is pressurized, and produced something very thin in section. The handle section is also rolled to produce the width, width needed for the top end. The blank is then made to the required shape. Two dies are used to apply the pattern to the blank, and the flash is then removed using a linisher. Hmm. And the bowl is formed between two dies and bent. Me, all I've had in all of that is this cutout, sheet is cross-rolled, there's pressurizing that happens, something is made into shape, something is formed between dies, and something is bent. That is machine-made spoon. The traditional way involves a lot of heating a lot of beating of the metal, a lot of hammering to form the bowl, a lot of working until a shape is achieved. There's a lot of forming involved in the metal. Somewhere I'm getting to, I hope you can see it. There's a lot of heavy hammering again. There's striking off of the metal. There's buffing and polishing to a desired finish. One of the things I'm realizing about the manufacturing of the spoon is that it is very similar to the salvation that we possess. And it is at this time I ask the simple question of who doesn't know the Lord? 
in our midst. Are you at a place you're still searching to find out? Because the things I'm going to talk about, not just today, but in this month, and probably in the next coming seasons, cover a lot of base of in those who are born again. Those who are looking for the Lord. Those who are in the space where they are wondering, who is this guy? Romans chapter 10 verse 9 tells us, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that he raised him from the dead, then you're saved. Matthew 12 34 B tells us, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so one of the things that you'll understand, the reason Paul tells the Romans that they have to believe it in their heart and then say it to their mouth is because you cannot say something that is not from the abundance of who you are. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And so if you're looking for the Lord, this is your opportunity. This is the place, this is the season. I beg you by the mercies of him to find him, to know him, to love him. Because when you do that, then what I'm about to say will make a lot of sense to you. It will begin to inform some of the areas that you're dealing with and hopefully also give you victory in the same. Can I hear an amen? The Bible talks of the altar, which is the topic of conversation in this whole month. The altar. Almost every prominent person in the scriptures, in the Old Testament specifically, built an altar at some point. An altar. The first altars made to God in the Bible were made by individuals. This Abraham, who makes it at the point where God tells him that I will bless you like the stars of heaven. Abraham finishes that conversation with the Lord, gets into some space and builds something called an altar and blesses the Lord. He looks at that and says, hmm, this is the place I will be remembering the Lord from. We are told of Noah. Remember Noah with the ark? Once he comes out of the ark, the Bible tells us that he gets to a place of just saying, thank you, Jesus. To make up for 40 days and 40 nights. And so now, I am here to say thank you for doing what you have done. So many in the scriptures tell us that. We are told of Elijah who built an altar to showcase who God was. Aliambia, the prophets of Baal, guys, we have the one true God, one, Tunamjua, who he is. And so, you go build your altar over there, let me build my altar over here, and let us see which God will answer when we call on him. And the Bible tells us, the prophets of Baal called their God for almost half a day. Mbaka Elijah started mocking them, telling them, guys, this God, when you come a Melala, I'm a Menda Safari, one of those. But I want to call on the God of Israel, the one true God. And I will show to you today, once and for all, who he is. And we know how that story went. Eventually, these altars that we are talking about were replaced by two permanent altars, the brazen altar and the altar of incense. One was in the tabernacle, the other one was in the temple. Something to note though, there is no altars in the New Testament. None whatsoever. None. Because we no longer need them. As with most of the Old Testament, the symbolic meaning of the altars and everything associated with them pointed forward to Jesus. Jesus is now 
our living altar as shown in the book of Hebrews chapter 13. But here's a question. Then what is this altar that is a topic of our conversation in this month? What is an altar? One of the things that I've loved in my Christian journey is the study of the altars of the Old Testament. And my prayer today is that you'll begin to see where you as a believer are as concerns this topic of the altar. The Hebrew word for altar is misbeak, which generally translates as slaughter or a place of sacrifice. The altar was the place where the Israelites slaughtered animals. Or our current day nyamachoma vibe. You know, that is exactly, that is what they did back in the day. They did this for a couple of reasons. One, worship and thanksgiving. To commemorate an encounter with God like Abraham did. A memorial to make a covenant and to find refuge. The children of Israel are instructed on how to build altars after receiving the Ten Commandments. God gave them rules that, number one, make them from earth. Udongoi, mchanga. Make it from that. Make it from rocks. And these rocks cannot be, and they cannot be shaped. They cannot be at zimetengenezo vizuri. It must be the rocks that you just see naturally. There is a reason for that. They were never to be made from brick, just rocks. Just hold on that thought for a minute. Altars were places where the divine and the human interacted. Where the divine and the human world interacted. Think about that for a second. There were places of exchange, places of communication, of influence, of alteration. An animal was altered into something beautiful before God. One of the things God was really looking for was a space where he could begin to see the hearts of men through what they were offering on the altar. He asked them, make sure that the offering that you're giving, the sacrifice, is pure directing them to a place where he was looking into their hearts. There's some way I'm getting to. Nipeni to one second. We are all in the hands of God. All of us. Slowly getting altered into a shiny object that can serve soup or carry sugar into a cup of tea. That is what we are talking about today. One thing that is clear in this issue, God was looking for an aroma that is pleasing. Aroma that smells something nice. We are on an altar burning and being manufactured by God into what he wants us to be. The question then becomes, do you see the areas? You, you and I, are we seeing the areas that is cutting out? Areas that is rolling out that is pressurizing, that is making, that is forming, that is bending, areas that he is hitting, hammering, working, striking off, 
polishing. Do you see them? Because if you don't, then there's a problem. Do you recognize the places of your alteration? That is the question today. Just like the animal was being placed on the sacrifice, are you noticing that as a believer, someone who knows the Lord, the Lord is slowly getting into a place of altering you into what he wants you to be. How he designed you. One of the greatest tragedies of our world today is some of the names that we even possess are not the names God calls us. We have names from heaven, from where we came from. There is a name God gave us. But because of where we were born, the surroundings, the parents we were born to, the guardians that we live with, we did not connect with the names. And so we are living lives off of what God desired for us. Do you recognize the place of alteration in your life? Even right now as we speak. Isaiah 64 verse 8 gives us the anthem on this. It says, yet you, Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. All of us. The stages in a potter's molding are very similar to the making of the spoon. If you ever looked at someone who is doing pottery, the stages include, number one, breaking and crushing the hard rocks to get clay. Then molding the clay into shape using water. Then refining the shape, hear this, using intense fire. And then finally, you're ready to be presented as a pot, a mug, whatever it is, just like the spoon. Do you recognize the place of your alteration? A young couple that gets married are in a place of alteration. A young lady that all of a sudden in a couple of months or years gets pregnant and then becomes a mother, is slowly walking into a place of alteration. The husband, who is now a father, is walking into a place of alteration. Can you see the places of alteration in your life, even today? When you start a new job, your life is being altered. All of a sudden, things are changing. When, you're, when you lose your job, I have lost a couple of jobs, praise the Lord. I have lost a couple of jobs. And even in losing the jobs, there is alteration that happens. When you get to the place of now, you're starting a business. There's businessmen in the house. Alteration is happening in your life. When you lose your business, when you're mugged, hey, by show of hand, how many have ever been mugged in their life? Nani osha ibiwa? Hata kama nisimu. Something happens to you. All of a sudden, the thing you used to value, you valued not as much as you used to. Kama nisimu ilienda, you tend to go lower in class. Mulika muizi all of a sudden is your friend. Can you recognize the places of alteration Right where you are, because that is the point of our service today, of our, of our message today. Can you see it? When you go to a school, a different um, section of life, 
Alteration is happening. Can you see that? Can you react to that? When you're dumped, praise the Lord, to Koengi, mm. I remember those days when life just all of a sudden comes to a standstill because someone nah, I don't feel this monome or this lady. How can you see those places? Can you pinpoint them even as we speak? The more you fail to recognize the places of alteration on the altar, the more you're like the hard rock refusing to be broken into the making of the beautiful spoon or the clay pot. My plea with us today, when alteration begins to happen in your life, especially if you're born again, because the Bible tells us that all things work for the good. So whatever it is that is happening or God is allowing to happen in your life, it's okay. Here's the problem though. Have you hardened your heart because of it? Are you at a place you're saying, eh? remember the story of the children of Israel? The Bible tells us they took 40 days to get to the promised land instead of a couple of weeks journey to the same promised land. They went round and round and round until it was 40 years. God told them, because of your hardened hearts, none of you will enter the promised land. Telling the older generation. And they had to die off in this place called the desert. Because they could not just simply believe that God had told them, I'm taking you through to the promised land. Can you identify with that today? That there is this place God has allowed you to get to. He's altering you a little bit. Maybe even a child. One of the things that is so difficult in our society today is seeing parents who are not taking care of their children. Like for example, Zanda is there, Namimi, I'm just rolling, doing my own thing. A friend of mine yesterday was saying, I am quitting my job simply because I have not been a father to my child. He was telling us that to our face. He he, she doesn't know me. And he knew completely. Can you say that your heart has been hardened because of the alteration that is happening in your life? And if so, are you allowing God to soften your heart? Because if you don't, like the children of Israel, will go round and round and round. And it will take so long for the Lord to allow you to get to the place he wants you to get to. I don't know where you are today. But that is the message the Lord placed in my heart for you today. Brokenness is a prerequisite for a life change. It is a state of complete yielding to God's things, God's way. You no longer desire for there to be any distance between you and God. You can feel the disconnection that comes from the unconfessed, probably sin in your life, or any other thing that you're facing. Your desire is to turn away from whatever has marred you or has messed you up. You want nothing more than to be restored. Can you say you're broken today? Crushed? 
you are in a place of crushing. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 13, 15. This is key. For these people's heart has become calloused, difficult, hard. They hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes. I dare say they've closed their hearts. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and hear what he says as a promise, and I will heal them. I believe that the Lord, even in these difficult seasons, especially for our nation and our city, is looking for believers who would allow him to alter their lives. In any space of alteration that you find yourself, my prayer for you today is that you would simply allow him to alter you. Allow him. Allow him to get you to the space of saying, this is the way, not this one. If you're looking for a job, allow the Lord to alter that and direct you to the spaces he has set for you. If it's a spouse, it's the same thing. Allow him. Because if you decide to do it by yourself, then he's not the God of your life. God is speaking and he's simply telling us today that the altars that he has allowed to alter our lives are the very things that he wants to change us with. The thing that we have to do is simply to allow him to alter us. As we finish today in the house of God, I want you to please remember, altars were places where the divine and the human worlds interacted. The divine and the human world. Altars were places where chosen animals were altered into sweet-smelling aromas before God. Salvation is an alteration process that takes place in the manufacturing place called the hand of God. You must allow yourself to be in the hand of God, not in anyone else's. The more you fail to rec recognize the places of alteration on the altar, the longer you'll take to be altered. And finally, whatever it is that you're facing today, choose to be broken. It's a choice. Choose, choose, choose. Choose, I'll say that again. Choose to be broken, to be crushed, to be molded, and then finally refined for use by the Lord. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Trubani House on Shriji Road, off Airport North Road.